I was just going to walk out in that water and I was going to swim out, just keep swimming until I couldn't swim anymore. I had enough. I had enough. Still see the waves in my mind as I'm walking out. Hit me in the ankles. I didn't know God, but I was crying out to God. Take me. I'm just sick of this world. Just take me. Kept walking out. Hit me in the knees now. I'm done. Please, I'm finished with this. I don't want it anymore. I'm done. Hit me in the waist now. Slapping me up in the face, the waves. I'm out about up to here. I'm done. Just take me. I don't want to be anymore. Just take me. And then all of a sudden the thought hit me. What if he sends a shark? I did not want to go that way. But that was a terrible time. I'm glad I think I came in, took a shower, and went to bed. <laughs> it's a terrible life. It's really not much to laugh at. I'm glad I'm still here that I can laugh at it. I'm not supposed to be here anymore after the way I live my life. Did everybody receive a handout? If you didn't, raise your hand. I need you. There's some over here, and there's some over here, uh, Derek. Good. Raise your hand as they come by. It's important that you have a handout. Now I need you to bear with me tonight because I'm going to start with the science. You can tell from the handout. But you'll notice on the other side of the handout I'm going to get to the scripture. The scripture's the most important part. What amazes me about the science I'm talking about is what amazes me about the Word of God. The Word of God is way ahead of science on brain science, neuroscience. The New Testament is way ahead. They've just learned something in the last 10 years, our scientists, and they're smart. We have the smartest on the planet. But they've just learned something in the last 10 years. 
that was recorded in the New Testament long ago. You know, our program, Project Rescue, is way ahead of the secular programs. Now, the secular programs, Bradford, Hanley, Hazleton, Betty Ford Clinic, a lot of others, they're good. They have all the do- much better care than little old Project Rescue. But our success rate is much better. In fact, this year we're so blessed. We're running a success rate of about 85%. Uh, You know, the prison system runs at about 7%. I think the best programs run at about 40 or 50% success rate. The reason our success rate is so high is not because we're a great program. Can I get an amen? Don't you dare. (laughs) It's not because we're a great program. It's because we're a Bible-based and a church-focused program. The way God designed the church was for sinners who are sick. The church is a spiritual hospital. We're all sick with sin. Church is a spiritual hospital. Well, I guess Project Rescue is the critical care unit. But we're way ahead because of the Bible has the answer. Like I was talking about this morning, to be filled, the Bible, the Word of God satisfies us, makes us happy, filled, joy, peace, the best, even in the hard times. Christianity is not dependent on our outside circumstances like those in the world for happiness. And then there's the church, God's design for the church. You see, we use the church for follow-up. The weakest point in a program A recovery program is when a man or a woman leaves inpatient and goes home. That's when they fall away. That's when relapse is so high. But we use the church. They're going home. They get involved in the church near their end of their program. You can see God's design for the church throughout our country. They're everywhere. And that's follow-up. We help each other. We need each other. Secular programs don't have that. So we're just so blessed to be a Bible-based and church-focused program. If you'll notice the pictures. Now, I don't remember when I learned how to talk. Maybe some are younger here, and they're remembering it right now. I don't remember when I learned to walk. (laughs) I I don't know how well I did on that. I do remember... When I learned how to write, and I still write like that kid now. It's right right there. My handwriting's not very good. I remember when I learned to read. And look at that little girl trying to learn how to tie her shoe. Oh, I had a hard time. Did anybody else have a hard time learning how to? I still don't wear tie on. It's very negative for me. And then how to ride a bike, how to swim. You can think of more things. How to drive a car. You know what's happening with that is they know now with the science, with neurons, we have about 86 billion in our mind. And every time you learn something, those, you're, as you're learning it, those neurons are firing together. And what they say, what fires together, wires together. And each one of those things, you kept practicing it. Every one of those. 
I remember learning that before I learned, got in and drove a car, I thought I had to remember everything at the same time. How much gas was in the car? How, is it heating up? Or all of this stuff. But now I can just drive a car. That's been wired together. I can walk. I can talk. All of us can. Notice that there, this paragraph, it tells us what's going on. And then we need to apply it to the verses. Not so long ago, many scientists believed that the brain did not change after childhood. That it was hardwired and fixed by the time we became adults. But recent advances in only the last decade now tell us that this is simply not true. The brain can and does change throughout our lives. It is adaptable like plastic. Hence, neuroscientists call it neuroplasticity. How does neuroplasticity work? If you think of your brain as a dynamic, connected power grid, there are billions of pathways or roads lighting up every time you think, feel, or do something. Some of these roads are well-traveled. These are our habits. So yes, for uh, tying my shoe, that's a well-worn Pathway. I don't have to think about it anymore. It really becomes an instinct. Just know how to do it. That's the way God designed our brain. And we need to think about the spiritual implications of that. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but they're great as we get over there. And I love this. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to tell it, but I wanted you to have the whole thing. I wish I would brought the video. If you've never... How many have never shot... A free throw basketball. <laughs> All of us. Well, you remember the first time you did it? You didn't do it very well. I didn't. I still don't probably. I haven't done it in a while. But if you wanted to learn that, it doesn't matter what age you are. If you want to learn how to shoot a free throw, you would get up and you would just start practicing. They used to think that the memory was in the muscle. That all this, you're just... No, the memory's in here. Just like all these other things you learn. It's a pathway from A to B. And that pathway is every time you shoot and you practice, that pathway's getting more and more worn. It's getting wider and wider. It's going faster and faster. They can watch it in real time now by MRI type technology. When somebody's shooting a basketball or learning anything else getting wider and wider and stronger and stronger and faster and faster until the time comes when you're like Steph Curry. What in the world? He doesn't even think. He just comes up. Doesn't even look. Just throws that ball and it goes in. He practiced all of those NBA. And golf. What do they tell the golfers? Don't even think. If they start thinking, they'll choke. Because... Every muscle in golf, I think, more is used than anything else. There's so much you need to remember in golf. But after you've played it for a while, you have a neural, they call it a neural pathway between neurons connecting. See, our brains don't get bigger from a baby, even from the time a baby learns to smile and all those little things. Those are connections made. And when you're young, a baby, it's going so much faster. The children in here have a hard time 
Their, their minds are so much faster than us because they're learning so, they have so much to learn. And then it does slow down as we get older, but it doesn't stop as they once thought. And then I'll go ahead and read this one regarding the piano because it just amazes me and it has spiritual implications too at the bottom. So you train on a, this is from a neuroscientist, Dr. Brad Harris. By the way, the basketball one, Halo Sports, sports are using neuroscience. Businesses are using it because it's helping people to learn. Schools, like I said earlier this morning, teachers are using it because they're finding out amazing things about the brain to help people learn. Just like if you don't know how to play chess now. You sat down tonight and learned how to play chess. It would be a neural pathway. You'd get better at it day by day if you kept practicing. But this is just amazing about the piano. So you train on a piano two hours a day. What happens is you get an increased motor output map after five days compared to somebody that's not training on a piano. So the more you are on it, guess what? The more your brain is actually now changing itself to be a piano player. That's how amazing our brains are. To be a piano player. It's all happening in our brain. Oh, I need to be a piano player. I need to be able to identify the keys. I need to be able to press and know how hard to press on the keys. So I'm going to wire myself, my brain, to know how to play the piano. This is the interesting part, though, right here. They observed people that were learning how to play the piano. They observed their brain, and your brain grows, and it, they can see where it's firing and, and connecting and getting strengthened, more activity. Then they had the person later on sit down and just think about playing the piano. Don't play it. Just sit there and think about playing the piano. And there was the same wiring, firing and wiring, the same strength. That person was learning how to play the piano by thinking of it. Now, what does that mean to us, spiritually speaking? Especially, turn your paper over, please. Especially concerning spiritual growth. I guess I just need to say it before I get into any of these verses. Christianity is a practice. We practice it. Every part of Christianity fruit of the Spirit, Christian graces, all of it. We don't go from point A to Z. Just like we learn how to tie our shoe or swim, we have to start somewhere and we have to practice it. God made our mind to learn. Christianity is a taught religion from the time we're little, before we obey the gospel, from the time we obey the gospel, we're born again and added to the church, and our whole life, we, we never retire from being a Christian. We never retire from growing spiritually. And I don't know what's going on spiritually. It's amazing what we can read about what's going on physically in our brain. But I know we have the Holy Spirit's help. How exactly God does it to help us. But I know we could, I could not have grown as a Christian to the point I am now without the Holy Spirit's help without the Word of God and the Holy Spirit's help. There's no way that I would be able to overcome 
as far into the degradation I was. I thank God for that. You'll notice there that I have highlighted neuroplasticity equals neurospirituality. Uh, now, Rick, I made sure this is on the tape, so it'll, I have proven record now that I'm coining this word. <laughs> this word is not in Webster's or any dictionary. But I think these scriptures we're talking about in a lot of the New Testament. You'll be hearing that word one day and you'll say, I heard that guy preaching about that. <laughs> if it ever gets coined or else I'll be run out on a rail here, I don't know when Neurospirituality, because I believe we're growing the same spiritual pathways as we grow in Christ. Here's neuroplasticity right here, Romans 12, 2. It's been in there for a long time, more than 10 years, neuroscientists. And do not be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed in the renewing of your mind. That's neuroplasticity. Your mind changes. You know, especially when you're living wrong. This is especially for people that obey, their, obey the gospel in their adult years. It also applies to the ones that grow up in the church and are baptized and grow on. I didn't have that. Obeying the gospel at what, 34? I didn't have that. There needs to be great change. Change is hard, and this change, metamorphosis is the Greek. Now what I've done is I've bought, we're studying this now, and I bought on Amazon for all the program members a butterfly kit. Oh, it is cool, you've got to get it for your kids and write Romans 12 too and these other verses, do this lesson with your kids. So you get a little cup. I thought it was high maintenance. It's not at all, so we're able to do pretty good. Although mine are the only ones that died so far. <laughs> but they, they come with five uh, caterpillars. It's about, what, a quarter of an inch long. And they're at the bottom, and they climb to the top. They climb to the lid. I get it on Amazon. You can get a little cup for $18. You can buy the whole kit, but you can make your own uh, 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 screened area when the butterflies come out. So they're able to watch as they're learning this and as I'm studying with them, they're able to, they have those uh, butterflies right next on their nightstand. They're able to see them go from the uh, caterpillar to the, what, the chrysalis and they just hang there for a while. And then all of a sudden they turn into a beautiful butterfly. They guarantee that three will live. <laughs> that three will live. Because that's metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. Right there. Look at that. Change that caterpillar to a beautiful butterfly. That's Christianity. We have a butterfly on our gazebo out by the front pond when you drive by. Every time I look at it, I think of Romans 12, 2. It says, do not be conformed in Romans 12, 2. That's the negative side of neuroplasticity. The more you're out there in sin, that's that law of sin and death bringing you into captivity. That's bad neuroplasticity. There you can get worse and worse and worse. But we want to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And you know, after a while, when you have these old pathways that you've learned over the years, 
They're your old habits. They're ingrained in your mind however long. If you've been shooting a basketball for 30 years, it's ingrained. There's a strong pathway there. If you've learned anything else, whether good or especially bad, you see, even addiction, it's a skill that's learned. Terrible. Sin is learned. It's a learned skill. So that's the other side of the equation. That's why these Christians in Rome were told, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But after a while, what you do and what I had to do in prison, I was in prison for two and a half years, and then I spent another two and a half years in there as a Christian. And boy, I had a lot to change. I'm thankful for that time now, that I had that time there. Two and a half years building these new pathways, learning how to be a Christian, learning how to stop that bad stuff, and then those pathways weaken. They will weaken over time if you stop using them, and then you're building new pathways. And we're to be building new spiritual pathways all of our lives. Look at the next verse here, Ephesians 4. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed. See where it says put off the old man which grows corrupt? That's that's that pathway. It grows corrupt. But here's the good side of it. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man. See, if, what is it? 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If any man is in Christ, what? He is a new creation. He's been transformed by the renewing. Of, if he's done the work or she's done the work, it's hard. It takes practice. Look at this, 2 Corinthians 4, 16. Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. That's here. If we're living the Christian life, we're being renewed day by day. Our outward man is perishing. My hair's going south and my stomach's going north. But oh my mind, it's being renewed. Day by day as I pray and read and study and live the Christian life and teach others. There's no better life. It's not all easy. It's about practice. I don't have time to read it. But that one in Hebrews 5, they weren't growing. I forget I met the elders. I don't know how many are elders here. But what if you looked over at one of the elders now and they had a baby bottle drinking milk? <laughs> better have a meeting. <laughs> Something's wrong, right? They're not. They're supposed to be eating a steak. That's what Hebrews 5's about. See, they came to need milk again and not meat. They needed to be taught the basic principles again in Hebrews 5. It said, but solid food belongs to those, the last sentence in Hebrews 5, solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Exercise. We need to exercise our mind physically and spiritually. Christianity is an exercise. It's practice. Practice. And then, of course, you know the fruit of the Spirit. And the Christian grace is there. You know them. You don't just get them. Notice uh, something that they're called fruit. When you think of the growing of fruit and vegetables, and they grow it. I think a pineapple doesn't it say a year? 
takes a long time to grow a pineapple. I think bamboo, it takes a long time. I think it stops and then all this for years or something. But a watermelon, pretty quick. So we all grow in different ways. It takes us different time. We all need our time. God knows. What's the saying? That uh, ability plus opportunity equals responsibility. God knows we don't all have the same ability. We don't have the same opportunity. God has patience with us. He does not demand perfection, but he does demand growth. We know that from the parable of the fig tree and some other parables. This fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, good, oh, it takes time. And that last one, the hardest one, self-control, takes time. That's in different levels. We grow in that. And then all the other, there with 2 Peter 1, 5-7, that's like a choreography where you give all diligence, add or supply to your faith virtue and those other self-control and perseverance. It takes time. God knows it takes time. He just hopes that we're working on it. That's all God's concern. Are you working on it? Are you mindful of it? That's really the purpose for this study and tying in the neuroscience. Mindfulness. Being mindful of how our brain works and that God made it to work. It's a highly efficient machine, our brain. It's the, every scientist admits that it is the most complex piece of, of matter in the whole universe, not just the earth. There's nothing more complex than our brain, they're, and they're just now learning it. God made that, and it's amazing what we can do, and I'm amazed at what I see in a ministry that's so hard, and what I'm able to see when a man submits, when anybody, and asks for help like a miracle to me. But it's God. It's the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Oh, the Word's powerful. The Word is the seed. Remember the girl was just playing the piano and thinking about it and her brain was still growing? Every thought you have is like a seed. It's strong. The bad ones, you're going to be growing something else. The good ones. But oh, the Word of God, if you can think on these things, Think on the Word of God and your mind is growing spiritually just by thinking on it and praying and meditating on the Word of God. That's powerful in and of itself. God made our brain like that. We know now. We can see it. We can see it in action. Well, this final one is a prayer. I should have this on my mirror to remember every day. This is God's prayer for me personally. I take it personally. This is God's prayer for each one of us in this assembly tonight. This is God's heart for you. Notice and see the words too. Paul praying. For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might 
through his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. That you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God in here. In here. Oh, it does great things. It doesn't come back to him unprofitable. It doesn't come back. It does great things even as it's going out. Now, the gospel of Christ. Thank God for the gospel. Well, I don't know. Y'all, there could be one here tonight that needs to obey the gospel. You know, it's all in the mind. When you think of it, that pathway, just being able to receive the gospel is opening up your mind. It's a choice, but when somebody receives the gospel, great things happen in their mind when they receive, accept. I want, that's just the start though, that's not how we're saved by looking up, but that is a beginning, receive, hear, receive. And believe. It's important. Let's not underestimate that. We know it's not enough. We know even the demons believe and tremble. But let's not underestimate. Belief. Belief is big in our mind. That's why it begins with hearing. It begins with the preaching and the hearing. And then the believing. And when somebody believes, they're going to repent. They're going to see it. I've got to stop doing that. I want to go this way toward God. I'm done with that way. I'm done with the things of the world. I want God. I want Jesus in my life. I want to learn from the Holy Spirit through His Word. And then make that great confession. and To be born again. I always wonder. I'm amazed at what's happening in our mind. Our heart. Our mind. Our heart. And our soul, exactly what happens when we're immersed for the forgiveness of our sin. When we're born again, born from above. I know we're changing. Certainly our state is changing from out of Christ to into Christ. And then we come up out of that watery grave of baptism to walk in newness of life. That's the beginning. Then as Peter wrote, as babes in Christ, we're to desire the word of God that we may what? Grow thereby. It's all about growth. You're a baby. You've got to learn how to walk as a Christian. You've got to learn how to tie your shoe as a Christian. And on and on and on. Are you here tonight? I just want to thank you. It's good. It's great being with you. I can't remember the last time I... Preach, but I guess it is like a bicycle. You can get back on it. I don't know. But I did enjoy it so much. Appreciate being with you. If we need the prayers, anything from this uh, congregation of the elders, please come forward as we stand and as we sing this song.